Welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to be active participants in your daughters' lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. Really excited to have you back again on this journey that we're both on, because as you know, every week we are going through this journey together, because it is definitely a journey. We learn every day from our daughters, whether they are infants all the way up into adults, there's something that we learn every day. And, and that's a part of the journey. And I love being able to help you along this journey to introduce you to people that can help you along this journey because you do not have to father alone. I've said that so many times and I mean it. It is so important to have a tribe around you, a group around you of people that you can go to, that you can learn from because none of us are given a handbook of how to be a good dad. We have to learn along the way. We have to be engaged along the way. And we have to, as I said, learn from other dads too. This week, we got another great guest joining us. Dr. Michael King is with us. And uh, Dr. King is a dentist in New York, and he just recently released a new book called Dad Spelled Backwards, A Journey Through the Maze of Love, Marriage, and Adoptions. We're going to talk about his journey as a dad to a daughter, but also we're going to talk about his journey with his book and some of the things he's learned along the way that has helped him to be the dad that he is. Dr. King, thanks so much for being here today. Well, thank you for much, so much for having me. I really appreciate being on your show. Well, I really appreciate you being here as well. I love being able to talk to new dads on the show to be able to talk about the journey that they've gone through. One of the first things that I love doing is turning the clock back in time. And I know you've got a 12-year-old daughter yourself. So I want to go back because I know that, and this will probably lead a little bit into the book too, but your daughter is your daughter through a adoption that, that took you a while to have. As your book kind of goes through, you and your wife went through the whole journey of trying to conceive a child and that not working and going through the process of, of then going through adoption. But let's go back to that first moment that you found out that you were going to be a father to a daughter. What was going through your head? It's a saga of getting our daughter. And the first time I knew that I was going to be a father, even though, as in the book, it discussed that we went through this crazy journey. The first time we thought 100% that we were going to be a dad, where we actually took uh, the child, it was an incredible experience because as soon as they say, whether it's natural through childbirth or through adoption, as soon as they say this child is yours, something happens. It's incredible. It's bonding. It's like you're responsible for this little human being. And the first time was during our phase, probably after we started adopting, it happened after about a year that we knew that we were going to have this child or we thought we knew. And as the book explains, like you write, it overlaps. This was a journey that didn't happen when we thought it would happen. Now, as I mentioned, you have, have had your daughter in your life now for 12 plus years. And, 12, yes. And you've had the opportunity to be able to kind of learn and grow from her. So talk to me about one of the things that I hear from a lot of dads is there's some fear. There's some fear in not only becoming a father, but being a father to a daughter. What was your biggest fear in raising a daughter? 
Well, because I'm an older dad, I was hoping I'd at least be here for elementary school graduation. You know, so I think my fear was that I wouldn't be here for, you know, people always saying you're too old to be a dad. Nowadays, it's more common, but, you know, you're not going to be here for this and that. And I think that's all irrelevant. You know, I think that was my biggest fear. And I still think about it. But then I realize if you can be the best dad possible, no matter how long the time is, that's incredible. If you can give her so much love and she'll take that with you no matter what. And so I think, you know, we don't know how long any of us are going to be here. So I, I think that was the fear, my initial fear. I think every father has some fear of mortality, no matter if you're a young dad or an older dad. And I'm sure for you as an older dad, I mean, that was staring at you in the face just a little bit. So how did you reconcile that for yourself? And how did you get past that for yourself? I think what happens also is you get so wrapped up in being a dad and being there the day-to-day dealing with all the things that happen with your dad. I think you kind of forget that and put it aside and you kind of compartmentalize and realize that the most thing is just in the moment, like I said before, and just being here in the moment and being present and making sure your daughter knows how much you love her. And I think that's the most important thing you could do for raising a child because, you know, you get frustrated, you yell, you do all these things you didn't think you would do and tell them not to do this and not to that. And you're not going to be this kind of dad, but you realize how nervous you are around her. And when like she's walking, I used to walk her, go to the bus. She just started using the bus by herself and I hid so I could see her get on the bus. (laughs) Now, every father goes through special moments, moments that you share one-on-one with your daughter. And for you and your daughter, what are some of the things that you and your daughter love to share together? Just being silly, you know, as a a person who's involved in comedy a lot, you know, in addition to not uh, being a pediatric dentist, I, you know, I've been involved in stand-up for almost 40 years. Because when I moved to New York, I started on the club circus. And a lot of people that I'm friendly with, you know, because they have their sitcoms and everything else. So I think just laughing and being silly. And I mean, a lot of times I'll go sit with her when she starts to go to bed and we start telling stories. And it's just the little moments that are so incredible that you really can't share with anybody else, but just the two of you together. And I think just being silly. And we make games up of everything. You know, if we take a walk, then we'll we'll have four second races and see who's faster and things like that. I mean, it's just every day being there and trying to make it interesting for her. And I think that's the most important thing. Being that you were on the comedy circuit, that comedy and humor is a part of your life. Talk to me about how you share that with your daughter and how your daughter has either grabbed onto it or thrown it back in your face? She throws it back in our face all the time. It's almost like, I mean, it takes a little bit of wit to be a stand-up comedian. And even though it's adopted, I'm sure other adopted fathers agree that you th- this person becomes just like you. And we're a little sarcastic around the house and we laugh at ourselves constantly. And I think that in itself, you know, she has a, a wicked sense of humor. Like we were with a friend the other night who's a comedian and he did a show that night and they paid him in cash. And I took out a wad of, it must have been a thousand dollars wad of bill. And my daughter, you know, she's just 12. She said, what are you in the mafia? And I think that little sense of everything she looks at, she looks at the humorous side of it. And, and the levity really makes even in terrible situations and things where humor always provides sense of release. 
And I think she really tagged on to that. I love that because I think that all of our daughters, they watch us very closely and they are soaking in things, sometimes things that we don't want them to soak in. But it's definitely fun when they are soaking things in and they can, as you said, kind of jab back and forth with you and have some fun along the way and make fatherhood go a little bit lighter. Because as you said, sometimes it can get heavy and you don't want it to, but it still does. So as I mentioned at the beginning, you went on a process or you went through a process of being able to work on creating a brand new book called Dad Spelled Backwards, A Journey Through the Maze of Love, Marriage, and Adoption. And the book itself, I mean, it is, I'm going to say you bring your humor through this book to be able to talk about important topics and hard topics, but also fun topics as well, to be able to see where you were and where you are today from meeting your wife and being able to go through the process of that you want to have a child to finding that you were going to adopt and going through that process. But so what made you decide that you wanted to write all this down and go through the whole process of creating a book for others to learn from? I've done writing before and I was looking for another project and I thought to myself, you know, it's right here all along because I realized being a late in life dad, once you become a dad, you realize, I think most of us will realize it's the most important thing you ever did. And then I realized, and I was thinking that that having a child and someone else in your life that you love incredibly, I mean, you love your significant other, your spouse, and but this is totally different. And the journey we took to get our daughter was so incredible. It's filled with hardships and ups and downs. And I think to myself, was this worth it? And then I thought, yeah, it's worth a hundred times what we went through. It didn't almost matter. And I wanted other people to think, because sometimes you're on the fence about having a child. Should you? Am I too old? Can I afford it? And I think if you have what I wanted to show people, if you do it, it'll be most incredible thing you ever did. And I wanted other people to know that whatever you have to go through and whatever you had to put up, even if you don't have enough money, even if you between jobs. If you give a child love at home, that's the most important thing. Uh, All the other stuff is, yeah, it's it's nice to have, to be able to do this or that. But I think if you give them love, and and that's what we're here for, I think, to give children our love, because we'll pass it on to their next generation. So I wanted people to know that, and to emphasize by showing them what we went through, that they should think about it if they're thinking about having a child. So not every father understands the journey that adoptive parents go through. Give me some of the cliff note versions because I know you don't want to you don't want to give all the book away, but can you give me some of the cliff notes of some of the high points or low points that you had to go through as a, a I'm going to say a soon to be father that would help other parents to understand some of the things that you did have to deal with? Well, first of all, when you try to have a child and it's not happening, you have to go through all the fertility tests and they put you in a room and you look at porn for obvious reasons. And that's the beginning of the journey to see if the mechanics are wrong. Because if you, you know, you try to do it naturally and it's not happening. So you have to work on what's going on. And then you try IVF in, you know, artificial insemination, and you have to maintain a sense of humor through this all. You know, we're in a room 
and there's a chalkboard and the fertility doctor is drawing pictures of sperm and ovaries on the chalkboard and telling you what's wrong with your sperm and the motility and things like that. And then it's not happening. Then you have to make the toughest decision. Do you want to go surrogate? Do you want to adopt? Or you just want to, maybe you're not meant to have a child. And those decisions are really tough. But once you're on the adoptive journey, then there's a myriad of things you have to discuss. Do you want to do domestic? Do you want to do international? Things, there's pros and cons. Some adoptions, if the parent's age adds up to 100, both parents, then some foreign countries won't let you adopt. And I was already in my 50s. My wife was much younger, but we were on, we didn't have a lot of time. So I was asking people, if you're 75-year-old and a 20-year-old, you're still under 100, does it matter? And they you know, so they have all these rules, you know, these, these adopted rules. And I didn't want to contend with that. So he's decided to go to domestic. And then you have to say, so do you want an open or closed? There's just, then you have to see an adoption lawyer. It goes on and on. And then you start the phone calls and, you know, and you have a screener or facilitator. It almost sounds like that screens the calls for you. And then you get, that's one way to do it. It, it, I don't recommend that for everybody, but it gets very expensive doing it that way. And so the facilitator screens the calls and they think someone's, and you'll get people in the middle of nowhere that see, you have to put an ad in and it goes on and on and on until, you know, and then you get that call. And the first call we got, we sounded like we were going to have a child. I said, after 20 minutes, the ad appeared, someone called, yeah, I want you out here. And of course, that didn't work out. And then that started a, a whole pyramid of different people calling for crazy reasons and ups and downs and every which way you can think of. That's basically it. So you went through the process, like you said, it didn't work. It did work. So talk to me about the journey then that you've been on when you did find out that you were going to be a father and what you had to do to be able to take that next step. We were so gun shy at this point because so many of the ups and downs didn't work. And that's what book is about. I mean, it's just one after another. And it wasn't it could take years, which it did to to find, you know, our daughter. And so in terms of the actual time, well, it was, as you know, I don't want to give away the whole story, but we're supposed to go to the hospital. But again, there was a snowstorm and we couldn't get there. And when we finally did get there, because we didn't think it was too late, because once the birth mother starts bonding with the child, it presents a whole other group of problems. And so when we got there, we thought we were too late because there wasn't anything. And then... We found out that we were there and thinking, oh, it's going to have to start over again. We're going to have to go back to square one. Because when you apply for adoption, you have to get approved by the state. And after so much time, they'd only give you like a year, a year and a half. And then you have to reapply and go through the whole thing again, fingerprinting. And, and so what we did is we finally got there and said the mother appeared already to be bonding with the child. And we that it's not going to work. And then we found out 20 minutes later through a phone call that the papers had been signed and that she was ours. And there was no question. Once it's finalized, they give the parents, and just depending on the state, a few days up to, you try to find states where the time that they take, you take the child to the time that it's actually years, you know, because they give, to be fair to the birth mother, they give her a little time if she wants to change her mind. In the old days, you could change your mind after two years, which would be incredibly hard on somebody. And so when we found out that we actually 
it was just like such a relief. I mean, it was like, we actually couldn't believe it, you know, that after this crazy multi-year journey that this person was ours forever. Well, this is a great story and definitely one that I know is was only the beginning of the journey that you went on for over the last 12 years. So as your journey of going through the adoptive process ends and your fatherhood journey begins, what would you say is some of the biggest ahas, the life lessons that you have learned along the way that could help other dads, whether they're adoptive dads or biological dads along the way? Well, don't get too attached to a certain, because things change so fast. I mean, I love changing diapers, getting a little poo on my hands once in a while. You know, it didn't matter. You know, you would think, I thought initially another person's debris on my hands was the end of the world. And, you know, once you have that child, they can poke you in the ear with a fork and you don't do that, honey. They get away with things that no other human being would get away with you because they're your daughter. You're there for them and that's it. And I think each stage that we went through, I missed the changing the diaper stage because each stage you kind of leave that behind. It's almost like another person is coming. There's their diaper stage and then that stops and then they start walking. And I miss each stage and I had to embrace the new stage. And I'm going through that now because now she's 12 and I know she's going to be a teenager. And part of me get sad that it's all changing so fast. And I think for me to remind myself, you know, you have to go moment to moment and let that past go. And I know when you look at pictures of your daughter when years ago, when they're little, and you stare at those pictures like you're looking at the Mona Lisa. I mean, you can't let go of that moment. Oh my God, she was so cute. She was this and that. But I think it's important just to move on to the next step, do the best you can at that step, because each step has moments of joy and tremendous gratitude. And at the same time, a lot of frustration and annoying. But I think for me, it's just letting go and moving on, which I still have a problem doing. I think letting go and moving on is a problem that many dads have, not just you. So it's definitely something that we all have to work through and be able to embrace along the way, because it's not something that comes easily to most dads. So I appreciate you sharing that. Now, we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our Fatherhood Five, where I ask you five questions that delve a little bit deeper into you as a dad. Are you ready? Yep. In one word, what is fatherhood? Love. Now, when was the time that you finally felt like you succeeded at being a father to a daughter? Oh, I'm sure most dads say they're still working on that. But, you know, I think it's just an ongoing process. I, I, I don't know if I'll ever succeed. Someone once said there's no perfection because then you can't change. And so I think I'm always changing to be the best dad I can. And I think it's a moment to moment thing for me. And I think I'm succeeding at times when, you know, I think I should have done things differently. That's difficult because she's not doing enough sports. Did I not throw the ball for her enough or did I not have her run? You know, so I, I think at every moment, sometimes I have my doubts, like you said, but I, I think it's an ongoing process. And I think if there was, I don't think there's any exact moment. I think holding her and making funny sounds when she was an infant, I succeeded. Now I go to day to day. Some Yesterday, I thought I did a great job. Today, I, when I get home, I don't know. Now, if I was to ask your daughter, how would she describe you as a dad? I think she'd describe me as the best dad in the world. Now, I think, <laughs> you know, I would hope. I think she 
describe me as a lot of fun, things I can't understand. I mean, we're all pigheaded. Speaking of an older dad, you know, you're raised generations different from your daughter and what she's experiencing. I think that's often difficult for me to accept all, a lot of things that's going around us. And I'm sure it's, it's a very frustrating time, as we all know, and all the schools are feeling frustrated and everybody's scared to make the wrong move and to say. And, and I think that's, she would say that, you know, I don't accept certain things about her that because they're going through a trial, but they're 11, 12 years old. When you think, how could they know what you know? And maybe they do, and maybe they don't. So I think that's what's difficult. So I think she would think that I'm a lot of fun, but at times I'm not as acceptant of certain things about her that I should be. And I try. Let me tell you, I do try. But it's hard. As we all know, it's very difficult. Now, who inspires you to be a better dad? I think my parents. You know, my dad was a great dad. My mom was great. But the problem was that my dad owned a burlesque call. And my mom was from an Orthodox Jewish family. Again, like I said, this was the musical we're working on. And it's called The Lap Dance Kid, not to do a plug. But it's about that dichotomy. That And my parents argued about everything. And even though I know they loved each other, I didn't want... The parents individually loved us so much. And we were kind of... The kids were the most important thing. And I don't want my daughter to think that. But and my father inspired me in the sense that how much he loved her, but told me to work harder at being a good partner to somebody. So my daughter would see that. Whether you're together with your partner or not, the relationship you have with the other adults is very important for your daughter to see. And I think, again, I want her to see the love between us and also my dad love that he had for us, that kids were like the greatest thing in the world. Now, I know you've given a lot of pieces of advice today, but as we finish up today, what's one piece of advice you'd want to leave with every dad? Love your daughter no matter who she is or it turns out to be. You know, just love her and know that someone's always there. Because even if she takes paths that you don't agree with, you want her to be feel healthy and be emotionally secure. And I think by giving her love and accepting each place she goes, even though you may not agree, and she can know you know not agree, but if she knows, first of all, how much you love her, and we constantly tell our daughter how much we love her. And she says it in return every night before she goes to bed. I love you, Dad. And I think that's the most important thing that I would advise for other dads. Now, Dr. King, as we finish up today, if people want to find out more about the book, more about you, more about that musical you just mentioned, where should they go to find out more information? Well, you can go to Mike King Writes uh, as an act of rights. W-R-I-T-E-S, MikeKingWrites.com. That's the website. The book is on Amazon. Barnes and Noble. It's uh, dad spelled backward. I think it's backordered now because of the delays in printing, but it's out, but uh, you may take a week or two to get it. And as far as the musical, again, you can see it on Mike King Writes. It's the lap dance kid. We did it at Studio 54. I didn't write the score, but the music is great. And it's, it's an important story about acceptance and love who you are, no matter what you do. Well, Mike, thank you so much for being here today, for sharing your story, for sharing your journey. And I wish you all the best. I thank you, and I really appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more. You will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out 
at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be